Tonight, the, the, the guest preacher, he's, uh, he's, not, he's not an unfamiliar face to us, but just, just being able to see him develop these last few days, uh, last few days, these <laughs> last few years is, um, is a blessing. And just seeing him mature up and him really getting serious about the call of God in his life, it's, it's, it's encouraging, encouraging and energizing to see his life. And so, um, Brother Soren, please come. Take your time, bro. Preach whatever thus saith the Lord, and thank you again. Okay, there's no working clock up here, so we're in trouble. If you take your Bibles and open it with me to the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus tonight. Exodus, and we'll start in chapter 4. We'll read a few verses Um, And just follow along as we go through a few chapters in Exodus. Exodus chapter 4, and we'll read just verse 21. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand, but I will harden his heart that he shall not let the people go. Go with me now to chapter 7, chapter 7 and verses 3 and 4. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt, but Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you. Just the next chapter, chapter 8 and verse 15 says, But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart. And hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had said. Verse 19 of chapter 8 says, Then the magician said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had said. Look at chapter 9 and verse 12. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had spoken unto Moses. Look at verse 35 of chapter 9. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, neither would he let the children of Israel go, as the Lord had spoken by Moses. Chapter 10 and verse 1 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you this evening, uh, we just want to pause, Lord, and take a moment to ask you to speak to each and every one of our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would um, get me out of the way and that you would speak. Your Holy Spirit would touch each and every heart in this congregation tonight. And I pray, Lord, that we would leave a little encouraged and challenged to live for you. And that we would leave, Lord, a little closer to you and a little more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's good to be back uh, here at Southland. It's good. Uh, it was good to be in the service this morning. I really enjoyed Pastor EJ's message. Uh, it was good to be in Sunday school. We had a combined Sunday school hour uh, with the young adults and the adults. And Brother Rob um, taught us a fantastic lesson on faith and something I really needed. But before we uh, had the lesson this morning in Sunday school, there were some testimonies. And something uh, that really hit me during the testimonies was just how much people are going through, and not just something that they're going through today or yesterday or this week, but things that they've been going through for a while. And they were talking about the patience that was needed to go through it and how um, 
they haven't given up on the situation, but they've given up on, on trying to control the situation and allowed God to take over. And as we read this story, often the infinite plans and thoughts of the Lord, they don't fit our finite minds. And perhaps this situation that we read about tonight is no different. It goes against our own way of thinking. It goes against our own imaginations, and it's undeniably difficult to grasp at times. But nevertheless, as we read through so many chapters in Exodus or just skimmed through them, we understand that these things were ordained by God, and they were included in Scripture for our learning. You see, everything in the Bible is of utmost importance, but and because we know that because God himself was sure to tell us that he inspired every word of Scripture. But in saying that, when something is not just mentioned once or twice or thrice in Scripture, but when it's mentioned over seven times, I believe it's worth us taking the time to look closely and to pay attention to it tonight. And I wonder if you'd allow the Lord to do that in your heart over the next few moments because Moses, his life was spared when politically and legally speaking it should not have been spared. He escaped death as an infant. He was taken from this luscious and extravagant lifestyle that that he was really born into. And he was called by God to be Israel's leader. At a time when Israel needed it the most, he was was to be Israel's instrument of deliverance. God, he had big plans for Moses. He had broad plans for Moses. But he also had very specific plans for Moses. And those plans, those specific plans, are the plans that scared him. There were feats that Moses thought he could never accomplish. There were things he never imagined that he would be able to do, never things he thought God would do through whom, and in fact, when God reveals these specific plans to Moses in chapter 3, Moses asks God and he says, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? This is brought to light once again in chapter 4 when Moses tells God, Oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. See, God, he wanted to do things through Moses. He wanted to do things in Moses. Things that Moses didn't ever see coming. And he had a plan to use Moses. And Moses surrendered himself to that plan. You see, perhaps he said, Lord, I I don't know how you could use me, and I don't see how you can use me. I don't understand how you could use me, but I'm here if you really want me. And in that light, he surrendered to what the Lord wanted. And that being said, the stage, the stage it was set. Moses was ready to be used by God. Israel was ready to be delivered out of Egypt. Everything was set for a quick escape for the Israelites from Egypt. God, he had stated his intentions time and time again in the book of Exodus. He, he chose a man. He chose Moses. The man was surrendered to God's desires and everything was ready. But as we come to this point in Scripture, it doesn't really work out how I would have imagined it to work out. And undoubtedly, it didn't work out how Moses imagined it to work out. It wasn't quick. It wasn't easy. It was not what Moses perhaps saw coming. 
Moses, he understands what the Lord has called him to do, and so he speaks to Jethro, his father-in-law, and explains to him what he needed to do, explains to him his plans to return to Egypt. Jethro, he gave him his blessing, and so Moses took his wife, and he took his children, and he went to Egypt. And upon his arrival in Egypt, God revealed further specific instructions, and there's certainly instructions that I would not expect. And perhaps as you sit here tonight, you would not expect or understand either. Look with me at chapter 4 of Exodus in verse 21. Chapter 4 and verse 21, it says, Do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand, but I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall not let the people go. But I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. See, the Lord, he tells Moses here specifically to do such and such. He tells Moses to do what God wants him to do. But the sentence can't end before the Lord tells Moses that what he wants him to do is not going to be accomplished. He goes on to say that what I'm asking you to do will not work. It won't work because God will harden Pharaoh's heart. And perhaps you'll sit there asking the Lord, why? Or or what? Why are you asking Moses to do what you're asking him to do? Moses, this new leader, he convinces the children of Israel. And then he goes on to confront Pharaoh and he does exactly what God tells him to do. He says, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, let my people go. You know Pharaoh's reply here. He says, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? And as if that weren't enough, Pharaoh not only doesn't give in to what Moses is saying, but he goes on to make the burden so much harder for the children of Israel as they build his city for him. Heart and heart. Perhaps Moses didn't understand. The children of Israel, they began to murmur. They began to complain. They began to question the leadership of Moses. After all, the Lord had just called him and he had just convinced the nation of Israel that he was the one that God was going to use. And now in his first act as their new leader, what he goes and does makes life so much harder for them. They complain and Moses understands this. He takes all of this in, but he prays and he goes to God and he renews his covenant with the Lord. The Lord renews his covenant with Moses and a little later in chapter 7, God tells Moses once again, go. Go again and pay Pharaoh a visit. And God said, I'll tell you what to tell Aaron, and I'll tell Aaron what to tell, uh, to tell Pharaoh. And Aaron will voice this request. But once again in chapter 7, when God tells Moses to do this, he says that he will harden Pharaoh's heart. He tells Moses that Pharaoh will definitely not listen The pattern, it didn't end there. It continued over and over and over again throughout this book of Exodus. And many times over, it states that God will harden Pharaoh's heart. Or it states that Pharaoh's heart will be hardened just as God said it would be. In fact, at one stage, they were about to hit the breaking point. Pharaoh had had enough. Pharaoh, he was about to give up. And look at chapter 10. And verse 16 with me. Exodus 10 and verse 16. It says, Then Pharaoh called for Moses 
and Aaron in haste. And he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now therefore forgive, I pray thee, my sin, only this once, and entreat the Lord your God, that he may take away from me this death only. All seemed well here in chapter 10 and verse 16. The Israelites, they were on the brink of freedom. They could see it. They could taste it. But four verses later in verse 20, once again, it says that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go. Why, Lord? Why, why would you tell me to do something and then work so that that could not be accomplished? It, was a, it seemed like a circus. It seemed like madness for the Lord on one side to ask Moses to do something and on the other side work in the complete opposite direction. Not once, not twice, not thrice, but over seven times. People murmured because of this. People died because of this. People were tortured because of this. And I wonder if you can relate to that tonight. Undeniably, you've been there. You've been seeking, asking, praying, working, strategizing. But no, nothing. God says no. Once. Twice, thrice, time and time again. What do you do when you know you're doing something you're supposed to do and God says no? What do you do when you ask for something with every right intention and God says no? What do you do when God says no? I believe there's a few things we can learn from these chapters that we skimmed through. So let's look at three simple steps. Three simple steps to take when God says no. Firstly, step one, remember the purpose. Remember the purpose because just about as often as God said no to Moses, just about as often as God told Moses that I'll harden Pharaoh's heart against what you're requesting, he gives Moses his reasoning behind it. Look with me at chapter 7 and verse 4. Chapter 7 and verse 4, it says, But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine enemies, my, mine armies, and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch forth mine hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. We see that there's a purpose that God wants Moses to remember and his purpose is to prove his deity here because God, he didn't simply want to bring the nation of Israel out of Egypt, out of their bondage. He wanted to do so with great judgments, he says here in chapter 7. He wanted to use the opportunity to judge the Egyptians for their sin and for their lifestyle and for their wickedness. He wanted to show himself strong. He wanted them to understand and know that the Lord was the one that was in charge and the Lord was the one that was in control and it was the Lord that would bring them out of Egypt. Chapter 19 and verse 16 says, And in every deed for this cause have I raised thee up, for to show in thee my power that my name may be declared 
throughout all the earth. So once again, God gives Moses his reasoning to prove his strength. God raised Moses up. He called him. And God put him through what he was put through to show Moses and to show the Israelites and to show the nation of Egypt his power. It wasn't just to stop there. It was to be done that so, that, so that God's name could be declared and so that it could be proclaimed and so that God would be well spoken of from that time forward throughout the whole earth. Chapter 10 and verse 2 goes on to give us another, another part of God's purpose in his plan here. And that's in chapter 10 and verse 2 it says, And that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and of thy son's son what things I have wrought in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that ye may know how that I am the Lord. The Lord does what He does here. He puts Moses through this. He puts the Israelites through this. He puts everyone through this to ensure that His message never dies. God kept Moses going time and time again. God kept saying no time and time again, even when God perhaps wanted to say yes, so that this message would be repeated from that time forward. God wanted generations to believe, to know that He is the Lord. Perhaps you think about yourself tonight. If you ever experienced something like this, you would never stop talking about it. It would be your, your life's story for years to come. Chapter 11 and verse 9 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. He said that Pharaoh will not hearken unto you. Why? That my wonders may be done and multiplied in the land of Egypt. God told Moses once again that Pharaoh won't listen. He won't hearken simply so you have the opportunity to do my wonders in Egypt. Bill Gates is a name that I'm assuming all of you know. His name is listed among the world's richest people with his net worth being over 70 billion U.S. dollars. That's more money than I could even know what to do with or know how to handle. Perhaps you'd envy him for that sort of fortune. Perhaps you'd envy his children for that sort of fortune. Imagine their inheritance. Imagine what their father could leave for them. Certainly they would be set for life. His children, Jennifer, 20, who's a student at Stanford University in California. Rory, 17. Phoebe, 14. Imagine the money that they would have for the rest of their life when their father's net worth is 70 billion U.S. dollars. Imagine what their parents would leave them. But as you look into what Bill and Melinda Gates have done, you'll come to the conclusion that his children will get nothing of his fortune. His children will get nothing of what he's spent his life making. Bill and Melinda Gates, they've made this public decision that upon their death, every single dollar that they've earned is going towards charity, not to their children. They've decided that their entire fortune would be left for charity. And you can see stories of their life. When his kids asked Bill Gates for a phone, he said no. When his kids asked for a car, he said no. He didn't want to give them anything for free. Tough, hard, love. There was a reason 
Their dad said he didn't want to ruin them by giving them something that will ruin them. It was for their own good. He said he didn't want to give them enough to ruin them. As you think about this, uh, what we're studying tonight, you and I have to understand that God is love. And you're here because you know that, but, but often his love is tough. It's a love that sometimes is hard to swallow. It doesn't present itself as love at times. But will you trust his love? Even the tough kind. God has a reason for your never-ending sickness. God has a reason for not dragging you out of the pit of your own financial demise yet. God has a reason for why he hasn't revealed his purpose and plan for your life as yet. God has a reason for why he hasn't saved that loved one that you prayed for decade after decade yet. God has a reason. He has a purpose and he wants to prove his deity. He wants to show himself strong through your life. He wants to make sure that your story is a story worth telling for generations to come. He has a reason. Church member, young person, husband, wife. It doesn't make it easier. But his reason makes it worthwhile. Endure and the reason will be made clear. Keep going and the purpose will be made evident in your life and whatever you're in the middle of, wherever you find yourself, whatever you're going through, just stop and understand and remember the purpose. Step one, remember the purpose. Step two, repeat with perseverance. Repeat with perseverance because you see Moses in these chapters we looked at keeps going time and time again. He didn't let the first no stop him. He didn't let the second one stop him. And he didn't let the third one stop him either because when God told him no, Moses persevered and he kept going. God told Moses that Pharaoh wouldn't listen, but go anyway. And you see it in Exodus 5 and verse 1. You don't have to turn there, but it said, And afterward, Moses went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord. In Exodus 7 and verse 14, God told Moses that Pharaoh's heart was hardened once again, and that he would once again say no, but also instructed him to go and confront Pharaoh in the morning. And the next morning, Moses woke up and went. And did what God told him to do. He obeyed anyway. He followed anyway. He surrendered anyway. And that may seem easy to you looking at this particular instance in Scripture. But imagine your life for a second. God tells you to do something. We have trouble following the Lord when he promises to do what he's told us he's going to do. But imagine him telling us to follow him and that he's not going to do what he wants to do. What surrender? What dedication. In chapter 9 and verse 12 of Exodus, God says that he hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And the very next morning, he asked Moses to rise up and to go and to pay Pharaoh a visit. Over and over again. Time and time again, Moses repeated his obedience to God with perseverance. And for you and I tonight, our obedience to God should not depend on the results that we see or that we don't see. Our obedience to God should not depend on how many times we've obeyed Him in the past. 
Obedience without seeing results immediately, it'll take your perseverance. But it is commanded nonetheless. Great things will not take place without our perseverance in obedience to Christ. Big things for Christ in our life and in this world will not be a reality without perseverance and obedience. Great success in business will never be a reality without perseverance and in obedience, and mammoth-sized prayer requests in your life and in mine will never be answered without perseverance and obedience. So how is your obedience, even when it doesn't make sense? How is your perseverance, even when the results can't be seen? Have you given up because God's been silent a few too many times? Have you thrown in the towel because God said no a few too many times? How is your obedience? Keep asking. Keep persevering. Keep obeying. Keep working. Take Moses' example and don't give up. Remember the purpose. Repeat with perseverance. And thirdly, recognize the promise. Recognize the promise because in chapter 12, God tells Moses to try one more time. God tells Moses one more time to go and pay Pharaoh a visit. That's all it was going to take one more time. Imagine if Moses had given up short of that one time. Imagine after all those times if he had given up, the loss of the reward, the hindering of God's miracles and God's glory. But no, Moses, he kept going. And because of that, he saw this promise come to life. This was his calling. This was his life now. And the Lord was about to accomplish God's plans for Moses. God keeps his promise. God rewards his perseverance. Pharaoh could no longer handle these harsh punishments that God has sent his way for not releasing the children of Israel. And the final one, as you know, the death of every firstborn in Egypt. It was too much for Pharaoh to handle. It was too much for him to lead a nation that was going through that with. The Bible says that there wasn't a house, there wasn't one household in Egypt that did not suffer the death of their firstborn. There was not one household that wasn't affected by this unfathomable punishment. And so Pharaoh, he woke up in the middle of the night to this cry from every household in Egypt. He summoned Moses and Aaron. He knew this was the Lord's doing. He gave them permission to leave. He gave them permission to serve their Lord. He gave them permission to go. He tells Moses and Aaron to take with them the children of Israel and to take with them their herds and their flocks. And in this process, the Lord's purpose was accomplished. Pharaoh, he gained this incredible respect for Moses, for Aaron, and for the Lord. So much so that on their way out, Pharaoh asks Moses to bless him. This reverence is seen again in, in chapter 12 and verse 33. You don't have to turn there. But in, in that verse, we see that the Egyptians were rushing to send the children of Israel out of Egypt. They didn't want them any longer. Why? 
because they finally realized that holding the people of God back and holding the Lord's plans back and going against the one true God was the wrong move. They said quick, lest in their own words, we be all dead men. Despite the seeming detours and despite everything that God took Moses through, God's will was accomplished. Moses, his purpose was accomplished. God's promised us, you know the verse and perhaps you quote it whenever you, you, need, you feel like you need to quote it. And he's promised us that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And perhaps as you sit here and you think about this unfathomable, unimaginable account in Scripture of Moses and, and the deliverance of the Israelites, you, you, you consider yourself to be different, different time, different person, different people, different world. But God, he didn't love Moses any more than he loves you. And God didn't want to work through Moses any more than he wants to work through you. He didn't want to use Moses more than he wants to use you tonight. When God says no, when God says not right now, it's for a reason. And whatever that reason is, he's promised you that it'll all work together for good. It'll all weave itself together to make something beautiful, something far better than than I could have ever made or you could have ever made with our own hands. So stay in love with God and align yourself to God's plan for your life. Align yourself to His purpose for your life and the promise stands. Recognize the promise. You don't have to turn here, but in Romans chapter 5, we see some, some words that would preach this message far better than I could ever preach this message tonight. So pay attention to Romans 5. It says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience, experience, and experience, hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. When God says no, and says no, and says no time and time again, just remember the purpose repeat with perseverance, and recognize the promise. There were once two sisters and a brother. They were close, and they were best of friends. They were part of a family that was more than just a family name. And one day, their brother fell sick, and it absolutely tore the sisters apart. They had no hope in and of themselves. There was nothing that they could do. They had no answers. And so the sisters, in desperation, not knowing what else to do, turned to Christ. They cried out to Jesus and they said, Lord, he's sick. Please heal our brother. 
there isn't much time and we need you. But time went on and there was no news, there was no update. The brother was still sick. Why wasn't Jesus working? Why did he keep saying no day after day? And imagine the hope that slipped away as each day passed. Jesus didn't heal him. Imagine the thought that this day that they were spending with their brother could be their last. Jesus didn't even comfort the sisters. He didn't even reveal his presence to them, and the brother died. The final no, or so it seems. But four days after his death, Jesus showed up. And Mary, she was too tired. She didn't have the energy. She didn't have the will to go and even greet Jesus. It was too late. But Martha, she got up and went and greeted Jesus, and she said to him, if you had only been here, if you had only come when I had asked, if you had only said yes instead of saying no, my brother, he wouldn't have died. He'd be alive. Why? Why, Jesus, why didn't you come? Jesus requested that that gravestone be moved, and he exclaimed, Lazarus, come forth. And you know the story, he that was dead came forth, the Bible said. Mary and Martha, they wanted Jesus to heal Lazarus. But Jesus, Jesus had a resurrection in mind, something far more incredible. And Jesus tells Martha, said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. And as we close tonight, I close by simply repeating those words to you. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. It'll all make sense. It'll all come together. So don't stop short of seeing it through. No for an answer is hard but it makes the yes that's coming so worth it. There's a purpose and there's a promise, but will you persevere when God says no? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed at this time. I wonder if you're here tonight and... You're, you're saved, you're a Christian, you've trusted Christ, and you know that you're on your way to heaven. But you know better than I do that the life that we now live is not a bed of roses. It comes with its trials and it comes with its hardship. And yet I wonder if you're willing to tell the Lord tonight that whatever He sends your way, whether it's right now, whether it's in the week to come or the years to come, that you'll remember that it has a purpose and that you'll persevere no matter what He allows to come your way so that you could see His promise in your life fulfilled. Take a few moments and reflect on that with the Lord.